0: then put your partner's genitals in your mouth that's right <laughs> with the low-hanging fruit at yeah the same and time. then you you do a cartwheel. you do a standing cartwheel just we cartwheel had to, 69 We had to get it
1: out yeah. This podcast contains explicit language. listener discretion is advised. All right, I don't know how to do this. Shit, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. And today we are coming to you live from the gray hair on my head. I don't know. <laughs> you can you can kind of see it right there. It's it's starting to fuck pop- out. This podcast Jeez. has yeah. aged you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you look...
2: I mean, that's what being online constantly should be doing to anyone. <laughs> yeah.
0: See that? See the reason why we took a couple months off was because we all had to get uh,
1: hair implants because this show made us all go bald. Uh, True. Yeah, and- my my hairline was actually like back here, and I got a bunch of plugs, and now it's back to where it was. It's still a little higher than it used to be, but you know. Blue. Lucas this should, is an old fart. Should we say who you got the hair plugs from? I don't know if we should. Uh, mm, I think it's a secret. I, I don't know if they want their information uh, leaked. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> and Liam's got Thank his... Thank you, Jeremy. It means
0: a lot. Liam got his from... I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, um, a
2: dead dog. I don't know. A dead dog. There you yeah. go. <laughs>
0: and, and mine is from... Uh, a living dog. A living dog. A living dog. The dog was living, and then we shaved the head off of it,
1: and then Liam came in and finished yeah. the business. Yeah, <laughs> like ah, shit, we need one more, but we killed the dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, what? A, what a, welcome back. That was
1: stupid. What's,
2: what was all that yellow shit that was coming out of his eye? Oh, you don't want to know. Yeah. Actually,
0: it wasn't a dog. That was. Oh no! I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Anyway, (laughs) yes, everybody, welcome back to the Thundercast, uh, in which we are uh, going to be doing Quickie Catchup Two. Hey, you got it. Uh, And uh, honestly, at some point, we're gonna have to come up with something to stop referring to it as the Quickie Catchup because guess what, everybody who's at home listening or watching us on YouTube. Uh, this is the new format, so <laughs> this is just what it's like now. Uh, Fuck topics. Yeah, fu- I mean, we'll probably still talk about topical things, but we're not, ge- we're not, we're not kicking it back to the actionathon, which literally destroyed this
1: fucking podcast. <laughs> I would see us
2: only talking about specific topics if
1: there's a situation or something that absolutely calls for it. Yeah, I, mean- I refuse to talk about anything made before 1952 okay (laughs) all right right. i mean after 1952 no
2: if you want to be a specific if you if you're trying to be a generational dumbass you need to say that nothing is good unless it's pat before unless it's after the 90s Mm. everything is Mm. bad it was always bad never
1: good there's never been a good movie after 1986 i would say 1984 anyway that's Mm. a topic for our next episode is a bad movie (laughs) no
0: Yes, so this is the new format for the show. For anybody who hasn't seen the Quickie Ketchup style of things, you can go back and watch the last episode of the show if you want to kind of get into the groove and vibe of things. But basically what we do is we're going to do a roundtable thing in which we're going to talk about the movies that we've seen over the past little while. We'll probably have quite a few as we haven't done the show in three months. Um, so I don't know who would like to go first. Um Lucas actually Can we play rock paper scissors. <laughs> oh God, that's so old school.
1: Um... <laughs> somehow,
0: somehow do it over over video. Yeah, but uh, no, Lucas. I think you have one that uh, all three of us have seen now. Mm. So it'd probably mm-hmm. be a good idea for us to probably start with
1: that one. Sure. We're gonna open up with probably one of my favorite movies. Mm. I know I only I've only seen it once, and I saw it very recently. But it it like it hit me so hard and it, like I just attached to it so quickly. Uh, and that's everything everywhere all at once. Yep. Are you okay, Lucas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you happy, Lucas? <laughs> in another life, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, uh, everything everywhere, everywhere all at once is one of the most moving movies I've seen in a very long time. It, it, it's it. I think, I feel like it's, it's a perfect encapsulation of like humanity, because yeah. it is deeply meaningful and also absurdly ridiculous, which I feel like is what humans are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would, I would uh, agree with that. Yeah. Somehow, like, I, I, I... Very rarely does, like, movies make me cry all the time. I'm an easy cry with movies for whatever reason. <laughs> okay. I almost of. never right. cry... I almost never cry in, like, real life. But, like, when I watch a movie, I'm like, ah, and I just bawl. Uh, but uh, not only did uh, everything everywhere Everything, everywhere, all at once have me uh, crying. It had me cry laughing. Like, I was laughing as I was crying. Like, I never thought that, like, I would, like, be bawling my eyes out and also laughing my ass off after watching a rock turn around. Like, simultaneously, <laughs> yeah. Just be a rock, Lucas. Just be a rock. Oh, that movie's so good. I'm actually, uh, I told these, I texted these guys uh, it, uh, this a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah, a month i uh, I'm ago. considering getting a tattoo about it. And, like, basically, uh, I kind of want to do, like, a forearm sleeve of just all my, like, favorite quotes. Yeah, yeah. And and basically what I want is, like, a pair of googly eyes on my forearm with just the words, please be kind around it. And if you uh, have seen the movie, you'd probably know what scene I'm talking about. I feel not. like Lucas you need to get you need to get them on the front your
0: forearm mm-hmm. not like like on the front so that you can go like this <laughs> and then you
1: can have googly eyes like that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty good and
2: everything everywhere all at once is kind of an anomaly to me because mm-hmm. like it's a movie that takes so many things I have come to contempt about movies these days multiverses nihilism mm-hmm. humor that at times feels a little memey like you could probably find on there, and then just puts all of it in together and makes something incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, like... I feel like this movie is probably the best argument for existentialism versus nihilism I've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other one I can think of at the moment. I'm sure there's more that I've seen, but the only one other one I can think of right now is Age of Ultron. And oh, I really okay. and I, I really like Age of, Age of Ultron, but I think in terms of combating nihilism, uh, everything everywhere all, all at once is is far superior in like just every regard. Uh, honestly, just on every other level as well. Uh, I,
2: I feel like uh, Daniels, the guys who made this this, this movie, uh, was it essentially listened to every bad thing I have ever said about Rick and Morty and co- corrected it. <laughs>
0: They're fans of the show. Yeah, <laughs> we do have it. We do have a Daniel on one of our shows, so mm, maybe let's
1: just let, let's just like carve an S beside it, <laughs> and it's like the Daniels like our show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's
0: probably (laughs) multiple Daniels that like our show. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. I saw it recently as well. And uh, I think I would have to agree with pretty much everything Lucas uh, has said here. Um, I hadn't seen it at the time that Liam talked about it on the show. So kind of catching up as well. But I yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I think a lot of the like nihilistic traits and stuff about the movie um are to its benefit for sure. Uh because more so when um so spoilers for everything everywhere all at once, not extreme spoilers, but um more so what what's her what's her name in the movie? Sorry, it's uh Evelyn. no but the, the 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 character's name. Uh like like which character? The main character. Oh Evelyn, Evelyn. yeah. Evelyn, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Evelyn, when she uh, eventually buys into it, like, buys into the nihilism at that, it's like in that end of the second chapter or whatever, she buys into it, and then has we go through pretty much the entire experience of, like, this is what it's like. This is what your life is going to be like if you're just nihilistic all the fucking time. And uh, it really tells you and kind of shows you ways that are a potential, like an out, where you can overcome this, like it's not always gonna be like that. There are things that are gonna suck <laughs> in your life. And there's gonna be a lot of hardships and shit, but you're always gonna find a way to kind of, or ideally, you're gonna find a way to to get out of it, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, the the less obvious metaphor, uh, sorry, the the more obvious metaphor about like motherhood and uh, relationships and, and familial relationships more specifically, and you know, marriage and all that stuff, um, really is. Uh, kind of, for me, it was the heart of the movie. Um, it's quite literally what it's about. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And they don't really do anything to hide it either, you know, because you... Oh, yeah, they're, much... they're very upfront. This is not a subtle movie. No, not <laughs> really. Um, yeah, I found it very funny, um, and I was laughing so much. And yeah, like you, I never thought I would be having that much emotion over a rock. Right. Mm-hmm. And I it's it affected me so much that now my desktop background is uh, the still of the movie and it just says just be a rock. Um
2: yeah. Still still easily the best film I've seen so far this year.
0: I would agree. It's probably the best of the year, I would argue. Um I've seen some other ones that I liked a lot, but it's probably the best of
1: the year in mm-hmm. my opinion. Honestly, I I like I'm I'm trying to find like something negative to say about it like to to try to balance the scales but honestly like I'm think the effects are absolutely incredible especially considering it was a five person effects team Really uh oh, wow. yeah it was only five people and they had like a like compare comparing to like like blockbusters they had like shoestring budget basically Um the all the performances are fantastic like Jamie Lee Curtis is hilarious Jay she so Kwan fun. is is amazing Michelle uh Michelle Yeoh is fantastic I don't remember I don't remember the actress's name who played Joy But she was great, too. Um, Like, like the cinematography, like, the effects were amazing. The cinematography was not basic. It was good. But it it wasn't, like, one of the standout things in the movie. The the only
2: thing I could possibly think of as a negative is, um, because I've seen the movie twice now, is um, it runs, I think, maybe a little long in the end. But it's mm. also because they have to wrap up a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So i yeah. it's one of those things that I'm forgiving of.
0: And also I feel like that could just be, after seeing it on a second viewing, maybe that is just influenced by, oh, maybe I not, I don't remember or recall this part of the movie as fondly as I, I thought originally. And so maybe um, that, was could, some, that could factor into it.
2: It was something I thought about in the theater a little bit as well. But again, like I'm all for like the first viewing. Like just where I'm like, but it's also like you pretty much threw everything in there, so you kind of mm-hmm. got to uh, wrap all of that up.
1: Yeah, and... it, it, it's a very chaotic movie, and, but like I, I feel like that plays uh, into the themes as well as like like its style. It's it's like obviously it like the comedy in it is is like absurdist. Mm-hmm. Like that at one point a guy gets beat up with two dildos. Yeah, like <laughs> two giant dildos, uh, and it's yeah I, I i'm having trouble finding words to articulate why i love it so much but like i think Wayman i Wayman Wayman wang's philosophy uh and like how how he sees himself as a fighter because he's constantly fighting to like see the good and things and stuff like that i thought was really inspiring and like something i've been thinking about a lot in the past couple of years uh and it's 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 just it's a beautiful movie it's all it's, it's deeply silly also very beautiful yeah i agree I had a conversation with somebody uh, a little
0: while ago who referred to the movie as cringe, and I was like, maybe you're just not old enough to really like mm. understand what's really oh, going no. mm-hmm. on here. Um, but yeah, like it's, even, it's it is silly. It, like hot, there's oh, yeah. there's multiple scenes where people have fucking hot dog fingers and toes, right? And it's so ridiculous. But even and then, the fucking it's so hot moving. dog
1: fingers. Yeah, the hot dog fingers dance. Like, like between Michelle Yeoh and uh, 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 Jamie Lee Curtis was like simultaneously beautiful, hilarious, and disgusting. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like this movie got me to feel so many different things at the same time. Like it was wild. Yeah, I agree. Oh,
2: even as a hardcore cynic, there it was. Uh, what is it? It was hard not to feel a little optimistic by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. Everybody should give Daniel's money so they can make more movies like that.
0: And give our Daniel money, too.
1: Yeah. You know? And
0: then he can throw it back to us. Uh, there you go. All right. I, I'll go next. So I watched this movie with Liam. Uh, we, I don't think we... i pretty sure we didn't talk about it on the show. Um, yeah, because it wasn't out yet. Uh, Liam and I watched Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. Um, yes. This is a <laughs> Paramount exclusive, uh, obviously made by Mike Judge. Uh, it's a sequel to Beavis and Butthead Do America, uh, kind of more of a sequel to the show i don't know how it really fits in the narrative but also it's a beavis and
2: butthead movie, so it doesn't be- really yeah, matter it's beavis and butthead why are we breaking up canon and continuity uh
0: i very much enjoyed it uh it's not a perfect movie like i think do america is a much better movie
2: it's um, a lot more do america is much more tightly written
0: yeah this one is more of a tv special and it's a it's a movie that appeared on streaming obviously like it didn't go to theaters or anything so it's not obviously going to have the same sort of uh attention to detail quality and stuff that you would get out of like a a feature film uh when it things go to streaming it's kind of a little bit more for immediate ingestion and then kind of set it forget it uh but yeah i really enjoyed it it is the same same shit <laughs> and that is what makes it just perfect.
2: Like For every joke for every joke that just doesn't land, there's one where I'm laughing very, very hard. Yeah. And yeah. also I'm a simple man. Butthead kicks Beavis and Vanads, I laugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's pretty much the movie. Uh the basic plot of it is that Beavis and Butthead are brought to space camp because they fuck up a science fair at their school. They go to space camp, and while there, they just discovered that they are really good at operating this one piece of machinery. Because Because
2: it it looks like a dick going into a vagina.
0: That's all it is. (laughs) And so they're really good at operating it. And then the two of them go to space. Beavis and Butthead go to space. (laughs) And then they get sucked into a black hole and then appear in
2: 2022. Uh, And they interact with things like Siri um they learn my fu- the funniest joke of a movie where they learn what white privilege is mm-hmm. and they do with that knowledge exactly what you think two guys like them would do with it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's it and it even gets to a point where like you know people watch that and and would see the white privilege scene as uh almost like approval of it but they're reading it way <laughs> fucking wrong yeah, way again <laughs> if
2: you got anything but that how, how was it I was it if you got that impression outside of that, from that scene, I am I do what I say to you. You're a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, you're a knob. <laughs> you're dumber than Beavis and Butthead. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I got to say about um, it. I don't know what Liam's going to say anything about
2: it. No, it's, uh, I'm not crazy about the updated animation style. Like, something, I don't know, like, they use, like, the lines are a lot more harsh in this. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead look is, the
0: same, which is yeah, very they look odd. The
2: same. But everyone else around them, like, it doesn't have, like, the more crude look that a lot of, that Mike Judge cartoons usually have, which I kind of missed. But, like, I don't know whether it had a mandate or something or if they just wanted to update it.
0: Yeah, probably just wanted to update it. Because if you watch old school Beavis and Butthead, the animation is not very fluid. Like, there's oftentimes where, like, lines will be moving around on people's faces and look kind of more of, like, a sketch uh, than in this one, which looks, yeah, it was made on a computer, obviously. Because that's the way animation is going now. You can't really do hand-drawn stuff,
2: or you can, but, you know, it's not It as, takes a long time.
0: Yeah, it's not as expedited. Mm-hmm.
2: But, no, uh, I mean, like, I did really enjoy it overall. I mean, I do understand if it's not as tight or cons- consistently good as it could have been, but I'm just happy to have Beavis and Butthead back. Yeah. Yeah, me too.
0: Nice. All right, Liam,
2: <clears throat> your turn. All right, let's see what I got here. What you, want, I you want to talk first? about another one that we've seen together, or...? I'm looking around. Oh, here's one I saw earlier this year, but I know I haven't talked about. All right. I saw Alex Garland's new film. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see that one.
0: I, I Yeah. I guess uh, we didn't talk about it on the show. Yeah. So
2: huh. it's getting a very mixed response for a few reasons. One, it was it. It feel it's very literal. Like, it's all just allegorical, allegorical. There's no uh, there's no subtlety to it whatsoever. And um, it's Alex Garland this time, instead of doing, like, asking a bunch of hard questions and doing... Um, sorry, you might... And, yeah, sorry,
0: I just need to clarify something. If you do comment... You guys probably can't hear it, but the OBS can hear it. You're probably going to hear my dog. Um, he is a little rambunctious and kind of a fucking terror. <laughs> so, he's yelping in the background. You two probably can't hear it, because I have, the, like, the no. noise suppression on on Discord, but... You can definitely hear it on OBS, so I just want to preface that throughout the rest of the episode. I'm sorry, Liam. Go ahead.
2: Um, but Alex Garland, instead of taking the uh, cerebral existentialist, asking hard questions with no answers approach, this time he takes an approach kind of like the movie Mother. Everything is all just obvious metaphor and uh, allegorical for not all. Light. <laughs> no.
0: That that's the way I see it. That's, not it's,
2: all men, it's very much like men are all the same.
0: That's what I'm saying, right? It's like the, it's a parody of that concept of not all men. Right? Yeah, no, it's, it's making uh, fun of that concept and saying like, no, that's quite the opposite.
2: It's pretty much, uh, the way I could describe, uh, let me just give a general description of a plot. Essentially, um, a woman after facing a uh, personal tragedy... With a, uh, uh, was it with her former spouse decides to move out to go out to the countryside for a little bit to get away. And she goes to a small village where once she gets there, she begins to realize all the men that are in this village. Well, the village is completely occupied by men and they all look pretty much exactly the same. There's the one lady cop, but yes. Yeah, they're all pretty much like they're all played by the same actor. So they all have the same features. And, um... Let's just say some really fucked up shit happens, yep. and by the end, it's fucking terrifying
0: and really gross. Very,
1: very like,
2: gross. I found that Alex Garland is kind of a master of like just uh, tension and horror.
1: Was like Alex Garland? He did. A, he did Annihilation,
2: right? Yep. Annihilation and yeah. Ex Machina.
1: The, the 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 mutated bear scene in Annihilation is so fucking scary. I still haven't seen <laughs> it. I intend to watch it soon, though.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of uh there's similar stuff here, but it's not as like supernatural in that sense. Yeah. Um like I don't know. It's uh it's a hard movie to describe without seeing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you did a pretty good job of explaining what the movie's about, uh sorry, what happens in the movie, but not so much about Well, no, you did a good job of explaining what it's about <laughs> and what it and what happens. <laughs> you just it's kind of you you kind of have to experience it. So I uh, I saw it in Toronto uh, by myself after um, consuming a legal substance, uh, and I went into the movie theater and I was like, "I'm good, I'm okay." And then I started watching the movie and I started having a fucking like panic attack <laughs> watching this movie because it was so scary. It was it's it's I- genuinely very very unsettling and very unnerving. And it's not your traditional kind of horror film in the sense that, you know, there's jump scares every four minutes. Like it's not, it doesn't fall into that kind of trapping. It's the atmosphere. The situation is very scary. And there's multiple points where the tension on screen is just almost unbearable. Uh, But if you can get through it and you can get to like the last 10 minutes of the movie, I swear it is so worth it mostly because the, the effects are fantastic in that last 10 minutes and so fucking gross, so gross. <laughs> and I can't tell you anything about it, which there was another movie that Liam and I are going to talk about later. There's some there's some foreshadowing, which we can't tell you anything about. But anyway, sorry, Liam.
2: Yeah, no, it's – uh, what was it? No, uh, like I don't get scared watching movies very often these days, but I was really like, – because I saw it with with uh, John after a shift one day. And like at about the halfway point, I looked over to him. I'm like, that kind of shit fucking terrifies me. And just like as it went, like I was curling in my seat. Yeah, it was one of the most in- uneasy experiences I've had in a theater in a while.
0: Yeah, wow. I would recommend it. I don't know about you, Liam. Yep. Yeah.
1: I've I've Uh-oh. liked both of the Alex Garland movies I've seen, so this one we'll probably see it at some point.
0: This one might be a little bit of a stretch for you, I think. Mm um just because it's i mean it's not science fiction whatsoever it's more okay um folk kind
1: of horror well i don't i only watch sci-fi and fantasy so i'm out that's not what i'm saying you know no. what I'm, saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you yeah all right your turn all Lucas. Right. all right cool uh i'll i'll do I'll, I'll talk about my books for a second uh so i've read a handful of, a bunch of books actually <laughs> Uh, but they're all in the same series i have continued to read the dresden files novels uh i think the last time i talked about them i was on like book eight or nine i think, I think so. something yep. like that yep. uh I, I just finished book 15. uh
0: <laughs> naturally there's a lot
1: of these things uh and so i i'm almost caught up i have two more to go but these books have gotten crazy <laughs> okay like uh so for the most part these books i the think i've talked about it they're, they're they're like detective gumshoe sort of novels but the main character is a wizard and there's like there's like secret supernatural things all over the 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 modern world right there's like vampires there there's fairies there's all, all sorts of magical stuff uh and harry dresden is like the main character he's a private investigator and he's he's just dealing with supernatural problems and most books are kind of for, kind of like that formula where like there, there's a bunch of problems and Harry has to figure them out and it turns out they're all tied together and then there's a big climactic battle and and usually everything is more or less fine at the end even if some people are dead. Uh. There, there. Book 12 is called Changes, and it's called Changes for a reason, uh, because everything changes. Yeah, okay, <laughs> clever. The book, the book opens, <laughs> so, so so clever, right? Uh. <laughs> But the the book opens with a line that I, I don't I don't know if anybody listening is has, has re- read those books. But like, uh, there's a character named Susan who's like a love interest for, love interest for, Harry, for Harry. But she turns in she kind of turns into a half vampire, and like if if she kills somebody, then she's gonna turn all the way into a vampire. Uh, and so she she goes off in search of a cure. And I think Harry saw her like once, maybe twice since then. But She's been in like South America fighting against the vampires who turned who half turned her. Uh and they they were like together for a while. Uh, but once Susan had to go away, uh, they kind of uh, ended their relationship because they were so far away. Uh and changes, book twelve, starts with the line, Harry they took our daughter. Hmm. hmm. And previously did not know anything about Harry having a kid. Uh so that line just like drew me in. And now uh, every book since then, it's no longer. It, it's more epic. It's basically on like just on like a dime. Just turned from urban fantasy like PI stories to like epic fantasy. Just like immediately. Oh wow. Uh, except like except like in the modern world and but the the scale is very big now, uh, and I'm I'm loving it. I love epic fantasy, so I'm I'm having a great time with those books. And how many and, are there? Uh, uh, there's a total of seventeen so far, but he's still writing them. Oh, okay, so you're pretty so, much caught up. I'm just about caught up. Uh, I would be listening to Book 16 right now, but my library doesn't have it, uh, so I'm listening to Dune instead. And also, uh. <laughs> you're doing this
0: stupid show. Fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God damn it. No, I hate my uh. friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 having a blast with these books. Uh, I, I I I'm I, I don't want to catch up because like just always having another Dresden Files. Uh, book has become a bit of a comfort for me over the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but eventually it'll come to an end. I think he's planning 22 or 25 books or something like that. So they'll be a part of my life for the foreseeable future. Just is he not an old guy. Always listening to it. Uh, Jim Butcher. I'm not sure how old he is. Let
0: me check. Yeah, because you don't want to pull a George R. R. Martin kick the bucket before everything's finished.
1: <laughs> George R. R. Martin's still alive? Uh, Jim Jim Butcher's 50. Oh, he's he got plenty of time with those books. He got oh, plenty yeah. of time got plenty of time george r. r martin on the other hand that's <laughs> what i'm saying yeah, yeah the thing is george r. r martin hasn't stopped writing he's been writing a lot of stuff he's just not writing song of ice <laughs> and fire <laughs> i'm too busy writing this robot book <laughs> I, I gotta write about duncan egg the the, the hedge knight and the squire <laughs> which honestly those books are a lot of fun but <laughs> they, are they in the same but, universe yep yeah Uh, Mm oh wow okay it's it's very funny because like obviously song of ice and fire and stuff like that are very like uh very heavy very political and stuff like that and duncan egg are very much just like this 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 really big but kind of dumb knight uh and his squire who's secretly a targaryen because everybody's like half of the characters in game of thrones and song of ice and fire are secretly targaryens yeah but (laughs) uh are are just going around just like dealing with very small-scale problems (laughs) that's fun it is anyway sorry Uh, but yeah Dresden Files. I'm done. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. On the note of books, I will bring one up as well, um, as I also read a a book. Um. Uh. I brought I brought this up to Lucas and Liam a while ago, but I haven't talked about it on the show. Well, like a week or two ago, but uh, I started reading this book by. Oh, I'm finished it. But this book by Joyce Carol Oates, who's a pretty um, prolific writer. She's written a lot of stuff over the. Uh, You know, past like 50 years or whatever. Um, It could be getting the the dates and times wrong, but, you know, whatever. Uh, She wrote a book called Zombie, and uh, it is a fictionalized version of the life. It kind of like amalgamates the lives of Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy in a way. And it's told from a serial killer's perspective on the hunt to find the perfect zombie. It's a sex zombie, basically um the character's name is is quentin p or qp as he refers to himself throughout the book um the book is written in this very weird first person third person perspective where it's a first person perspective but he always refers to himself in the third person um which lucas you might have told me what that was a while ago i can't first remember. person no it's uh, or, no, no, I think we we talked... Oh, you were telling us about a book you read where it puts you in the first person, right?
1: Second second person.
0: Right, sorry, second person. Yeah, because right.
1: uh, in the book they refer to like... They, they say you instead of I or the character's name.
0: Right. right. um But yeah, so the book is this weird first person perspective being told in the third person. But anyway, it has this very strange prose where a lot of the book is not really punctualized correctly. And... in. in its stream of consciousness in a way and uses ampersands to like extend sentences forever. Okay. That's what I didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started reading it and I was like, this is interesting. I like the way that this book is written. It is very intriguing. And then I was like, Oh, it keeps going and going and it's still the same shit. And it's, you could equate it to a novella cause I think it's only like 170 some odd pages. Um, but the text is very thick. So it's like, you know, probably more like a novella. I don't know how many words it is, but anyway, uh, it started out, I was like, okay, this is fine. I, I can, I'm, I'm not, you know, I know I'm, I realize I'm not supposed to sympathize with this character. I realize I'm not supposed to, you know, you know, see them as the hero or anything like that. And then as it kept going, I was like, oh, this is just smut. This is just, mur- <laughs> this is just murder smut. That's all it oh, is. Great. The way that it, they, things were being explained, the way that the kills were being explained, the, the, the lust and the need for this guy to have a zombie sex zombie, um, started out fine. I don't want to say endearing cause it's not endearing. Interesting. Started out interesting. And I was like, I kind of want to see where this goes. And then it happens. And then he fucking kills the guy. And then the rest of the book just keeps moving past it. And then nothing happens. Um, I didn't fucking like it, and I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not. It's not a book I'm gonna keep on my shelf. It's. it's, I legitimately thought about burning it because I was like, "This is pure (laughs) smut." But a part of me also wants to put it in a free library near an elementary school and just see what happens. So, do not (laughs) burn books. (laughs) Why they burn it 451 degrees? (laughs) That's what I've heard. Um, But yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, That's that's Zombie by Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, Liam, go ahead.
2: Right. I'm going to talk about two really quick because I saw both of these the same day. Um, So uh, first one I'm going to talk about just because I've heard nobody talking about this movie is I saw Crimes of a Future.
0: Oh, you fucker. You're actually going to make us talk about it. I didn't think we were going to do it. Not I'm Crimes not going to get future, into it. I'm not going to get
2: into it extensively. Thing after. Sorry, um, Liam, but, Go ahead. So I saw Crimes of a Future. Uh, David Cronenberg's new film who oh, wow. hasn't made a movie in a while. Um. So this is actually the first Cronenberg film I've ever seen in the theater. I've all the other ones when they come out, I was either like, they either wouldn't get wide releases or I was too young. But like, obviously David Cronenberg's a uh, was it is uh, he's renowned for a reason, so I obviously wanted to go. Um, I kind of loved it. Um, it feels like Cronenberg took every lesson he's learned from directing like crime or hard or uh, suspense dramas and applied them to his body, to his old-fashioned body horror motifs. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, and, like, it's also, like, it's not a very showy or in-your-face kind of movie. It's actually pretty minimal. Essentially, it follows, uh, Vigo. more, uh, it's set far off in, in the future. Humanity is mutated due to, uh, due to climate change and pollution. Humanity has started to mutate but in very subtle ways, like growing new organs that, or, like, uh, developing, uh, new abilities which the government has put a hard stance on. No, you can't do. So Vigo Mortensen plays a, uh, a, was it an, a performance artist who, um, has, who has the genetic defect of he'll grow new organs that he can't use. So, uh, through performance art, his partner will uh, cut into him and remove them. Uh, was it for a mass audience? Um, and essentially, um, he kind of gets roped up into this thing where, uh, uh, he, he gets roped up into this thing where people have discovered a new step forward in human mutation that the government is very anti against and they want him to spotlight. And it's essentially just a movie that breaks down the questions and morality of human, uh, mutation, evolution and mutation. In fact, um, uh, pretty much a day after I saw it, there was one thing that was talked about in that movie that I saw in the news the next day oh. with. Essentially, a person develops the ability to consume plastic.
0: Oh, holy shit. <laughs>
2: and I Wait, saw in the, the book. Subi-
0: or, sorry, in the movie.
2: Yeah, and in the news, I saw there was this worm that they discovered that uh, can consume, that can healthfully consume plastic. Evolution, mm. baby. Wow. Um, no, but in in tone, it's very Cronenberg. It's very still shot. Um, but, like, his way of lighting is incredible. Like, there's one scene where uh, even the camera's kind of just following through. Um, while V goes talking with Chris, Kristen Stewart. And like, just the way the camera moves, he goes through a dark area and all the way to the other side of the room. And he's still lit perfectly. Like, I don't know how they accomplished that without doing a whole other setup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also some great, like, uh, weird humor that I kind of love. Like, um, there's this, uh, one performance art, there's this one scene of performance art where it's a guy who, uh, just has a bunch of ears sewed onto his body with his eyes and mouth shut and then he dances around to a- EDM music <laughs> okay
0: how Cronenberg of Cronenberg
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um all the performances are great like I don't think anybody pulls up a best out of Vigo Mortensen like David Cronenberg yeah that's right um fair. uh Leia did,
1: did, what, what other movies have you done with Vigo Mortensen was that history of violence yep
2: and... History of okay, Violence, cool. Eastern Promises, A Dangerous mm. Method.
1: Oh, okay, so they work together a lot. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's consistently worked with um, uh, Vigo Mortensen for years now. Uh, another fun fact about this movie is that it was a completely Canadian sourced production.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Um, filmed, in,
0: filmed in Ontario and Quebec, I think, right?
2: There were some parts that uh, they did go overseas to shoot, but it was like pretty much in sourced Canadian. Nice. Um. It also has this thing where... um... Oh,
0: no, Liam, you are incorrect. Wait, was I? Yeah, it was shot entirely in Athens. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank God for the internet. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) It also has that stuff I love where... This is a weird thing to comment on, but I like how everybody has very sci-fi names and not, like, overly in your face. Like, (laughs) Sol (laughs) Tenser.
0: Okay. I love it. Um, Does he have, like, really tense muscles or something?
2: No, they're uh, actually, not Vigo, right? Sorry. No, he's actually like very sickly. Like Vigo needs to, uh, he needs to sit in this chair and consume this specific food. Like if the chair like moves his stomach and like so he can properly digest it. No, but overall, uh, it was just really sweet to see, and it's once again one of my favorites of the year so far.
0: I'm just looking at the names, and yeah, you got, you got Saul Tensor, Caprice, Timlin, Whippet, Lang, Dotrice, <laughs>
1: yeah. Those are some Whip names. Whippet right. sounds like a Shadowrun character.
0: T- played by Don McKellar, who is a very yeah. a notable uh, uh, Canadian filmmaker. He, he was in a movie. I don't know if we saw it in film school, Lucas, but it's called... He directed a movie called Last
2: Night. I don't think we watched it. Never mind. I might have watched that when so. I was in high but, school. Um, but yeah, but even the, once it was over, even I turned to the person who I saw it with. I said, like, that's probably the most Cronenberg movie Cronenberg has ever made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's him kind of reveal re, uh was it again? Like it's, he uses like, a, he shoots it. Like he shot a lot of his recent dramas, but he's revisiting a lot of old themes and ideas. So it was kind of refreshing to see him do kind of like a body, uh, sci-fi film again. Yeah. Uh, the last
0: movie he made was maps um, to the stars in 2014. So, Oh yeah. And, it's been a uh, while
2: for him. And then that's, that's the thing. All that movie made by a Canadian auteur at the top of his craft. Then I, saw a mo- uh, then I saw an idiot movie made by an idiot a few hours later, and that being Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> so, like, I remember the whole time sitting in that theater, I was like, oops, I just finished watching Cronenberg, and now I'm stuck with this? So a little bit of insight
0: <laughs> for those of you at home. Uh... This episode was originally going to be a Dominion episode. That's thus my little breakdown or uh, meltdown at Liam when I was like, "You motherfucker!" Um, <laughs> that was the that's the genesis of that, or sorry, the Dominion of that. No, that doesn't make sense. Okay, anyway, no, no. <laughs> that was the original idea, but I I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. But I, I was there. I was sitting two seats beside uh, two seats two seats away from Liam, uh, and i'll let liam say what he his piece with it because i feel like lucas and i had a much different experience watching this movie. <laughs> so
2: the biggest takeaway i had was i was like okay i've accepted that these things are going to be dumb like i'll just sit there and watch the dinosaur madness like it's set on a foundation for stupid so i mean like at least i could just own that and we're gonna have dinosaurs in the modern uh, world or whatnot but you know what i realized while i was watching it you know what i'm really fucking sick of these movies fucking lying to us. <laughs> this movie promised a movie about dinosaurs. Uh, was it in the modern day, like rampaging through, uh, was uh, it through Tiedemann Square? Or um, was it, or um, I don't know, pterodactyls flying around the Eiffel Tower?
1: No. The velociraptors in the Roman Coliseum. That would have yeah, been no. fucking
2: sick. Yeah, no, it's about uh, giant, it's about mutated bugs causing a crop, sh- crop shortage.
1: It's about crickets. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no.
2: The whole time this move by the time this movie was over i think the first thing i said to christian was colin trevorrow is an idiot
1: <laughs> a beautiful idiot though um i think i was supp- i was supposed to go to dominion with you guys yeah but i got COVID, so mm. i didn't go you got
0: COVID. i think that was yeah. the first official COVID, right i think so yeah that's
1: yeah well that was my first uh i, I i'm confident i had gotten it before but that was the first time it was confirmed yeah but uh, yeah, I I, 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 we were supposed to go, and I was like at work the day before, and I got a text from my sister's like, hey, uh, so we have COVID, and we live in the same house, so you might want to be on the lookout for that.
0: Yeah. I'm so like, oh, okay. I remember you weren't sick when when we went to go see no, it, but you was I wasn't I, you wasn't
1: I wasn't sick that day, and I texted the I texted you guys being like, hey, I don't think I should go, uh, like I would like my. People I live with have COVID, so it's a pretty high chance I have it, and I don't want to, like on on the chance on the off chance off chance that I have it, I don't want to spread it to you guys. And the next day I was laid out in bed. Yeah, like, <laughs> we were gonna go
0: with the three of us, Dan and Dan. That was the original mm-hmm. plan, and then yep. Lucas uh, couldn't go, so we uh, we saw it with John Tasker, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I I <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> it is. It is a movie for numbskulls. Like, it is
1: so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's stupid on another level. Yeah, I would like, agree. <laughs> like, Leon said, like, they, they had a they had an awesome premise, and they didn't even use it. I'm so sick of <laughs> Colin
2: Trevorrow Traver- not owning what he promises. There was only oh, one scene in this movie where I felt like he was owning his premise, and that was when they were in Malta, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was honestly probably the only scene in this movie I didn't fucking hate.
0: You were having a good time watching. Yeah, because I was like,
2: wow, Whom I was, and I was like, I was like, just wow. Yeah. <laughs> Again, stop giving Colin Trevorrow movies. Stop, ma- stop writing. I'm sure he can contribute so many amazing things to humanity. Writing is not one of them.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's a conservationalist. You never know. Maybe that's why I mean, he made a movie I mean, about I mean, grasshoppers.
1: I mean, based on the messages that this, that his movies are like very clumsily attempting to communicate. He's probably something that the conservationist. Yeah. But, like, it's like, oh, my God, Dominion's so stupid. Like, it it, it thinks it's so good. It thinks it's saying something so important. And it's just so deeply stupid. It's just Jurassic
0: Park fan fiction, but done very, very poorly in -hmm. the sense that I don't care what you say. This is not a fucking Jurassic
1: Park movie. It's a movie that (laughs)
0: happens to have Jurassic Park people in it. Um, there's
1: the there's one shot that I texted to you guys as soon as it happened where they like remade the Jurassic Park logo with Rexy like like putting her head through like this round thing with water through it yeah and I'm like they they couldn't resist they they just, they just um, had to <laughs>
2: the other thing that this movie does that I'm so sick of in movies is meme writing mm. like oh uh you gotta have Ian Malcolm button up his shirt you got to have like little homages to the old movie because I don't know if I like, call
0: that uh, meme writing. I, th- I think it's, it's
2: literally, it's literally okay, fine. I'll call it what you don't want me to call it. Reddit writing
0: that no, it's, it's fan fiction. It, that, that's the way that I would interpret yeah. it. Um, I think when you, I, I, I just want to clear some up when you talk about like meme writing, I think more so what you're talking about is thing. Like my interpretation of what that means is that you're writing things with the intention of it becoming, coming out of the movie as a meme um while well, I, I saw i saw the playing thing into a meme i see them I, I mean i see them as different but
1: i mean i can, I can kind of see where both of you are coming come from because like like the like jeff jeff goble I'm like buttoning up a shirt and everything and like that's playing off of memes that exist mm-hmm. whereas you're talking about like trying to create new memes okay so like sure. yeah i, I kind of see where you both come from but
2: it's the same shit where it's like it's like defoe and spider meme looking into the camera saying you know I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I see this shit, and I'm like, I can't believe it. Even the obnoxious factor was this time around. Like, Chris Pratt, like, Owen Grady isn't, like, his obnoxious self of this movie. Or Owen Gravy isn't his obnoxious self in this movie. He's just action man. He's, he's, he's Tom Cruise. He's Tom he's Cruise. Apparently, yeah, he's apparently strong enough to stop, um... Uh, what is it to stop a large dinosaur with a lasso with his fists? I was not <laughs>
0: expecting a Jurassic Park movie to take a secret agent uh, like Mission Impossible twist, and mm. they did it. And I, I obviously <laughs> we've already mentioned it, but like the Malta bit is pr- probably the best part of the movie, hands down. I there's could there's
1: one part of it that drives me crazy though.
0: Oh, uh, uh, spoilers for Dominion, the movie's yeah. been out for a month or like a couple months yeah. on home video, so.
1: And I, I texted you guys about it as it was happening. But like one of the characters is like stuck in this little box and this raptor's like coming at him. But the raptor can't quite get in. And he has a gun in his hand and he refuses. Like he doesn't, it doesn't even cross his mind to shoot the raptor in the face. <laughs> it's right there. And he, he looks up and he sees a door and he shoots the lock off the door and he climbs out. I'm like, shoot it in the face and you're done. Like you're like problem solved. But he won't shoot the raptor. No. Nope. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, whoa! Ow! Is, <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, was that loud? He just clipped right out. I gotta, I gotta. Oh, my bad. I gotta cut that out. <laughs> um, there was... For those of you at home, you're gonna hear a slight pause. That was for some reason a loud squeal, and it wasn't not Lucas's fault. Anyway,
2: it was also a scene where for for a brief moment, Alan Grant turns into Indiana Jones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> No, everything, oh, uh, what is it, everything about this movie was fucking stupid.
0: I gave it a 2. <laughs> I still loved it. <laughs> I
2: told I told Christian, like, when it's like, oh, we should probably rewatch I'm like, no, you're not, I'm, I'm
1: going to hurt someone if I watch this movie again. I think it might have been one of the worst written movies I've seen in, like, many, many years. Yeah, probably. It, like, up there with No Way Home. Like, it was just... Well, because they're so la- they're
0: lateral movies. They're both just movies made mm-hmm. in response to things that exist already exist in those universes, right? Like there was, yeah. there really is, there was no reason for them to bring back Laura Dern, uh, Sam Elliott, and uh, <laughs> sorry, Sam Neill. I keep I always make that <laughs> joke. Sorry. There's no reason for them to bring them back, and and like Gold, well, Goldblum kind of because he appears in the in the, la- in the one previous, but. There was really no reason to bring them back other than to put you know, everybody hold on to their butts in their seats. Right? There was that was the only reason to put them there. That was a Jurassic it's, Park joke. <laughs> it's yeah, sad I'm to sure think that,
2: that. Uh, the, I'm glad. uh the best it's sad to think that the best thing Colin Trevorrow ever wrote was the one thing that never got made. <laughs> he made oh he didn't write
0: uh Safety Not Guaranteed, did he? I don't know. That was No, I think fine. he just directed
1: it. I like that movie. Yeah, that one's good. I, I, a, yeah. I'm I, I'm I don't know I don't know if I I mean it's probably better than Rise of Skywalker, but I don't know if Duel of the Fates is. is I'll is call very it a good. yeah. It's a pass.
2: It's passable for a lot of ideas I like in there, but I've seen mm-hmm. again like to say passable from Colin Trevorrow is good <laughs> by, by degrees of separation. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> I, it's a it's a divisible movie here because I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Uh, I had like I I'm never going to watch it again. I had a really good time, but I do think it's terrible. I don't think <laughs> I'll ever
0: see it again. Yeah.
1: Um
0: Lucas, what do you got for us?
1: All right, since in my last section we kind of brought up George R.R. R. Martin, I might as well talk about the thing that's related to him that I watched. Uh I have been watching House of the Dragon, the uh Game of Thrones prequel series. Uh and I think prequel series is kind of unfair to call it that because it does happen before Game of Thrones but, like, has very, very little to do with Game of Thrones. It's just, it's, like, a couple hundred years before it, and and ha- and some of the, fa- the same families are in it, but, like, aside from a couple of references here and there, like, it's a completely separate thing. Right. Uh, and maybe I'm just a sucker, but I fucking love it. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Cause, I, I like, didn't the, expect that d- from you. Because uh, uh, what, what they're dan weiss and david benioff are yep. not involved at all george r. r martin is involved they've got uh completely different writers completely different cast uh and it feels very it feels very similar to the first like four seasons of game of thrones where the, you know they took it seriously and and wrote it like it was uh, a, a tv show and not some dumb michael bay movie mm. but like <laughs> um it has all the same shit that game of thrones has there, there's tons of like nudity the sex and gratuitous violence and incest and all and like extremely inappropriate uh sexual age gaps and stuff like that but like uh it, it it's it's very deeply influenced and based on like medieval politics oh, so like okay. i kind of give it a pass for that kind of stuff because that's what it well, is
2: yeah that's the point like, that people didn't really seem to get who critiqued earlier seasons of game of thrones mm-hmm. though there were definitely some things that
1: uh, went, was it went, definitely went, went beyond the line yeah
2: um and also i've always found game of thrones to be an excellent mirror for um how uh despite this being a medieval complete a completely medieval like inspired fantasy it kind of shows how humanity never really changes
1: yeah and, and like yeah, how for sure
2: a lot of that shit like the game of thrones is still being played that's why they're mm-hmm. still off in fucking
1: iran yeah yeah definitely and like well the, and one of the things about House of the Dragon is it's the, it's very very much about patriarchy or at least that's one of the themes because uh, one of the main characters, Rhaenyra, who's the princess, uh, she's named heir to the throne uh, but like people are very, very unhappy about it everywhere from the lords of the world to the small council to like just the common folk, they're very upset about a woman being named heir to the throne because it's never been done before. Uh, And also there's, like, uh, power is obviously a huge theme, as it was in Game of Thrones. There's this really, there's there's a sort of uh, symbolic bit that's, like, recurring uh, throughout the series, and that's um, the king, Viserys, is that his name? I think so. Uh, All all the fucking Targaryens have similar names. Mm -hmm. But, um, (laughs) uh, did I say Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra is the princess. Anyway, uh, the king is, he is a good man, but a bad king good man for the most part there's some shady shit he does but obviously it's game of thrones but um or it's song of ice and fire i should say uh and like he's generally just desperately trying to keep everyone around him happy he's trying to do the right thing but he is sitting on he's literally sitting on a chair of swords like like and there's people around him always conniving and always uh, who are super ambitious and trying to gain power and like it's basically tearing him apart he's not a worthy king and one of the one of the uh because he's too kind and compassionate uh, and one of the things in the Song of Ice and Fire lore is that you, uh, the the reason the chair, the throne, is made out of swords is because if someone is careless, they're going to cut themselves on the throne, and, and that's a symbol for them not being uh, like well suited to power. And like Viserys is always cutting himself on the throne, and like the power is tearing him apart. He's like practically decaying. And uh, in Episode One, he cuts his small finger, his pinky, uh, in uh, on the throne. And the next time it is ba- really badly, and the next episode is really badly infected, and they're trying to save the fingers. Uh, and the next episode, he's lost both those fingers. Oh wow! And like, okay. and so like, he is slowly falling apart. And also, it it, it doubles as a metaphor for his hand in Game of Thrones. The king has a hand, who's a person who's like uh, the right hand, right hand person. That's uh, what.
2: Uh, and, that's essentially what Sean Bean was uh, in the first season, Christian. Oh, okay. yeah, exactly.
1: And um, his hand is like corrupt. And so his literal hand is like rotting away, hmm. uh, and the, like the, there's there's lots of metaphor and lots of symbolism in this in this series already, and also it's it's a weird casting, but also it's, it's really good casting. Uh, Matt Smith, who played the eleventh Doctor, mm-hmm. is playing like the asshole bad boy <laughs> character.
0: <laughs> oh, he, he did it in Morbius.
1: Oh, I, I never, I didn't see Morbius. You don't need to. <laughs> that's what that's what I figured. Yep. But like he's playing this dude who's like, uh. Like extremely violent, very vengeful. Uh, also, lo- also loves his family deeply, but also resents them on many levels. A very interesting, complex character. Some people call him morally gray, and I disagree because he just he just murders people willy nilly. So like <laughs> he's he's pretty in the bad there, but uh, he's he's, 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 <laughs> he's a very interesting character. Um, but it's so weird because like. When I see Matt Smith's face, I think Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. But, like, also, he's carrying the sword and cutting people in half. And I'm like, I don't think the Doctor would do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. It's like the (laughs) the next season of Doctor Who. I haven't
1: haven't watched since Peter Cavaldi left. Wouldn't that blow uh,
0: your fucking mind, though, if this was (laughs) actually a Doctor Who story? (laughs) That'd be crazy. (laughs) Like, suddenly puts on his fez and he's like, ah. That's the series finale. (laughs) puts the fez on <laughs> um, i was gonna but, ask though is it it's not mm-hmm. based off of any other pre-existing uh song of ice and fire uh, material it's it's original it is, it is. no oh. uh
1: it's it's based on a book called fire and blood but fire and blood isn't a story it's a fictional history book mm, Okay. Um, like the that, that tells, kind of yeah. yeah uh and it tells the story of the targaryen families from when they leave valeria to uh, i can't up and up until when i'm not sure And so, like, the story that House of the Dragon is telling uh, is, like, two or three chapters in the book, I think, and it's, like, a specific conflict in the Targaryen family. Um, And, like, and something that's kind of cool about that book, I read half of it, but didn't get all the way through, um, is they have multiple different sources telling you, like, the different stories so like there's there's always like conflicting stories and uh, evidence and stuff like that. Right. Like two of the I think a couple of the sources are like masers, so they're like academics in the Game of Thrones world and one is just a court jester who was like, "Oh, and she was fucking him and he was fucking her." <laughs> and like that's that's his entire contribution. <laughs> uh but they they're fleshing out the actual story. Uh and like it's largely up to them as to the truth of the story because something they said when they started developing this project is like fire and blood is like multiple subjective uh, perspectives on these stories whereas house of the dragon is going to be like the objective story like this is what actually happened and we get to see how the subjective sources like interact with that which i think is really fun oh, yeah cool uh, maybe, maybe it's just because i'm a history nerd that, that, that that's fun to me but <laughs> yeah maybe um... anyway i've been rambling about house of the dragon for a while so that's it
0: Oh, man, I had a question about it. It Oh, that's what it was. I I think they were doing another prequel series that was called Fire and Blood,
1: right? Maybe. I can't remember. There was one that was canceled.
0: I know they did. Uh... I think they shot an episode, and then they were like, not good. Cancel it. I could be wrong, but...
1: Uh, I know. I know there was one that was canceled. I know there's lots of discussions for more spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, they want to do a Jon Snow show that takes place after season eight of Game of Thrones, which sounds oh, like yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, do it animated.
0: Just, yeah. Call it the Jon Snow show. <laughs>
2: yeah, the fucking Jon Jon fucking Snow. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna get the uh, then we're gonna get the Dread Pirate Aria spinoff.
1: <laughs> Apparently, they want to do a Doom of Valeria uh, TV series, which would be fucking cool. I know that doesn't make any sense to you guys but it's a it's a mystery in the song of ice and fire world because uh, the the um valeria was this enormous empire that that collapsed and then they were they they were like the dragon kingdom basically oh. and that's where the targaryens come from the targaryens are valerian and they left valeria before the doom of valeria and and now if people go to valeria uh there, there's this really really cool story at the beginning of fire and blood where uh, a tar- one of the Targaryen daughters uh, was super rebellious because all the Targaryen daughters are super rebellious. It's just kind of a family trait. Um, she got on her dragon and flew to Valeria because she wanted to see it. And she came back uh, to Westeros and was really, really sick. And then uh, there was something growing inside of her. And it was some weird, misshapen, like, dragon-type creature that burst out of her body uh, but but died soon after. Uh, and, like, it- it's this really cool like prologue to the the fire and blood book Hmm, and like nobody like we don't know why that happened we don't know why that happened to her in valeria we don't know if there's like some weird magical curse there we don't know if like it was just a volcano that erupted and destroyed everything but she came back with like this weird monster inside her and it's i don't know it's fucking cool that's very (laughs) neat yeah (laughs) but anyway uh that's that's fire that's a house House of the dragon Uh, i'm really liking it Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't betray me like Game of Thrones. Uh.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's the metaphor of Game of Thrones, just to begin with, because it's so much about betrayal and all that stuff. You trusted
2: trusted Game of Thrones the way Ned Stark trusted Littlefinger.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, I did. Oh, no, I got beheaded for it.
0: I think all All of us should get two more, and then uh, we'll maybe call it an episode after that so before we before i jump right into mine i just want to pull a lucas here because uh real quick luke i think we'll do a pitch for it at the end of the episode but um, lucas mentioned something that he did on one of his videos on a different channel which again like i said we'll pitch um if you like what you're watching currently um (laughs) why not just drop us a like give us a subscribe you know it's helpful like
1: subscribe comment Tell us how pretty we are. Yeah. Whatever you want in the comments there. It it drives, it drives Uh, up the algorithm. Discuss our dead dog hair. you're trying to
2: make me uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, like, subscribe, ring the bell if that's still a thing. Um, I don't think it is anymore, but anyway, Uh, one that I watched that I definitely want to, because I did see it with Liam, oddly enough, um, is uh, Nope. Uh, So Ah. we we saw Nope, uh, Liam, myself, and John Tasker. And, uh, I, I'm calm. Comp- I'm having a hard time. I, I feel like I want to change my rating on it because like, cause I, I'm looking at my, my thing here and I gave it a three and a half. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate anymore because I liked it. I don't, I did not love it. And I think I'm going down that route with a lot of peel things. Cause I loved get out, get out. is fantastic. Us. I liked a little less and this I liked even less.
2: Um, really, I liked I liked this more than I liked us. At least for more I've thought about it. I like
0: I like us too, Liam. I like you and me. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. My head. Uh, uh, you don't we don't have to say shake my head and then shake your head. Just shake your <laughs> fucking head. <laughs> uh, I guess for the listeners at home, they, like if they're not watching us on YouTube. Anyway, sorry, rambling. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's his attempt at like a Spielbergian kind of. Blockbuster. New blockbuster yeah new blockbuster kind of thing taking it in a direction where it has those horror elements um still stick into his brand um it is not outright a horror film by any means it's more in line with a science fiction film uh but also more in line with like a spielberg
2: kind of science fiction it remi- film. even parts of it reminded me of some early Shyamalan
0: yeah where it's grounded but fantastical at the sound at the same time where like the elements of the story are really like fantastical, um, but the way everyone is in, is interacting with it is really grounded, um, which I can get behind. I'm fine with that. Uh, but I just found everyone in the movie really unbelievable. You know, the only person that you can uh, I can relate to is like Daniel Kaluuya's character. Um, but even then, he's just kind of a sad sack. The whole movie—I mean, rightfully so. There's a number
2: of reasons. He's just why. kind of a quiet guy. But he was clearly more comfortable around uh, animals than he is around people. And
0: I'm—I don't know if it's coding or anything like that, but I was getting some like neurodivergent like um, portrayal in—or sorry—tendencies uh, uh, from his portrayal, which I don't know if I'm just reading too far into it. I probably am. Um, but his sister played by Kiki Palmer. Um, she's really over the top. She's like the opposite of him. So she's really over the top. She's, you know,
2: uh, to a point where I was really scared. She was going to get irritating. Yeah. Partially. Cause, uh, let's, I mean, Christian knows this about me in real life, but I don't have a very high tolerance for people who are always promoting themselves or trying to make themselves the center of attention.
0: Yeah. Um, and I also feel like, uh, uh, sorry, and on the inverse of ones that I wasn't really sorry that I was more uh, keen to. Uh, Stephen Yen, is that how you pronounce his name? Yen. Stephen Yen. Yeah, he he he's great. He plays like this really shady kind of business. Well, it's not even shady. He plays a, a business He's a guy, who's... guy
2: who experienced a trauma at a young age and took all the wrong lessons from it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and so no shady business practices, but because ma- he does everything on the level. Um, did you just Mister Miyagi that fly out of the air? i did cool so, uh it a fruit uh,
1: you see uh
0: hell yeah but uh anyway he's he, his performance is really good because i've never seen him do anything like that before the only thing i've ever seen him from was like the walking dead i still really want to watch minari but you know he's he is flexing a lot of his muscles improving himself as like a, a very good character actor um for hollywood um, But honestly, the one person in that movie I like the most is in it for like the sum total of like five minutes, and that's Keith David. And like Keith David is oh, fucking, Keith David's in that movie. He's the bomb, <laughs> but nice. I can't I can't tell you anything without ruining the movie. Um, What Liam? No, I can't hear you. I think you, your your microphone might have unplugged. Oh no, that's all right. Can't hear you. I can't hear you. Sorry for these technical difficulties at home, though.
1: What's going on? Did Mike die? That'd be awkward.
0: We're gonna anyway, take, what um, I watched. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a hot moment here, so excuse the jump cut. All right, we're back.
2: Liam. I was going to say, why would Keith David, of all people, be. He only had like two lines. Because he's just. he's such a powerhouse of just a human being but he didn't really do anything he was just there i don't care i'm allowed to like that's, his performance that's,
1: that's all keith david has to do he just but, has to be there and he makes things better uh, i was gonna say that i
2: absolutely buy daniel kalua as his son mm-hmm. like even in his voice he's doing a little bit of a. you can tell he's putting a little bit of something on um also in this movie who i was shocked to see was uh a villain from the crow oh yeah yeah, he plays a uh, cinematographer who's kind of like a self-righteous, like reclusive prick.
0: I take it back. I like him the most. I like and him. He, uh, has
2: a voice where he talks like he's always—he uh, smoked twenty packs of Marlboros a day
1: <laughs> for thirty years.
2: Yeah. Um, but, um, you no. Know, my biggest criticism with it is mostly that by the end. It seemed like every, everything it seemed like Jordan Peele was trying to get across seemed to get a little muddied due to the fact that he wanted to do a crowd-pleaser ending. Yep, I would agree. Um, Like, and I do like a lot of what he's trying to say. Like, I didn't think he overextended himself of ideas the way I felt he kind of did with us. Um, It's just that he didn't really stick the landing with the way some things played out.
0: Yeah. I mean, the man's um, also, made a pretty traditional horror film, at least in terms of atmosphere. Then he made his art house movie. Now he made his blockbuster movie. And he's probably going to um, go make like a fantasy film next, which I guess
2: Wendell's on. Also, on his craft, I will say this is probably the most efficient he's been behind the camera. With the way like he shoot, particularly the way he shoots nighttime and the way he lights it. It's I all don't day know for how night. Com-
0: it's day for night.
2: Yep. i don't know how we accomplish some of it like because it's some of the best looking night shots i've seen in a while
0: because it's day for night so they just yeah. color grade it and that's why there's hard shadows on his face in the nighttime it does look a little weird um because you can see like a sh- like a like a hat brim shadow on his face and it's like that wouldn't be at nighttime
2: um
1: unless the moon uh, was really bright
2: biggest uh I don't know the biggest thing, honestly, that annoys me about this thing is more so attitudes from outside of a film. Like, I'm sick of the fact that, despite only making three movies, Jordan Peele is being hailed as like can do no wrong, the greatest, is
1: objectively the greatest horror filmmaker who ever lived. No such like, thing. Like
2: you know, because it's coming from people who've only made, who have, like, who believe who, some people who think that the only good movie that's ever been made are. Uh, uh, get out or uh, spider-man into the spider-verse
1: <laughs> both very good movies yeah Not but the very, only, the only
2: no other good movies exist those are the only two that have ever been made it's true
1: it's true it's
2: facts. Um, no overall i did like it i think it's probably second favorite like, i liked it more than us but i didn't like it as much as get out but i begin i think get out is one of those things where we gotta stop holding everything to the same standard it's the same problem we'll see no we saw happen with nolan yeah
0: yeah pretty much mm-hmm. uh liam right,
2: cool. what's one that you watched um one i'll talk about just because now i still have to kind of pick and choose uh one i saw with christian just on a whim mm-hmm. it was called uh bodies 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 liam and i saw a lot of movies in the past three months i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so i figured we might as well just cover what we saw together yeah um no i was at work and christian texted me saying you want to go see bodies 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 I'm like, what the hell's that? Uh, so I Google it. I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. And we essentially met up and went. Essentially, it follows a bunch of contemptible, obnoxious young people. Uh, was it influenced by the TikTok generation who get together and decide to have a party?
0: Not influenced. Or are the-, the TikTok generation. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So essentially the kind of people I absolutely contempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they people essentially just meet. There a bunch of they're essentially these rich white kids who decide to try and have a party. decide to have a party during a hurricane? Yeah. And uh, they start playing a game called Bodies, 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 where you walk around a house. Somebody per- uh, was it's and you pretend to murder each other, and then things go awry when the power goes out and one of them is actually found dead. And it's essentially a Who Done It with a bunch of obnoxious, contemptible young people. <laughs> And uh, I think what I appreciated most about it is that, like, it's my kind of satire, mm-hmm. or it's genuinely very mean towards its tar. Uh, was it towards its targets, <laughs> and isn't afraid to say what I've been thinking about the whole thing, or what clearly the writers seem to think about all of this. Like, uh, essentially, um, like they essentially just everything, um, uh, was it everything you we ma- uh, Was it you can make fun of uh, uh influencers for? Only caring about social rights when um it's convenient to them, uh, was it attention whoring the shit out of yourselves? Um, going off and uh, doing those stupid dance videos where you lip sync,
0: mm-hmm.
2: TikTok. Um, yes, yeah, every and essentially um, uh, and it's essentially a breakdown of just how shallow a lot of these people are or can or at least come across like because a lot of these people i don't know i just get that impression from listening to them talk um it's uh um i will say that i don't wouldn't say it's a great theater movie i personally think it would have watched better at home with a group of friends with the lights off Uh, at nighttime
0: because it's very dark it's a very dark dark movie uh not not in the like in the cinematography department obviously
2: oh yeah, yeah i also think it was a risky film to make because i've noticed a very scarce amount of horror comedies made these days i may mean actual horror comedies like even though as much even though as much as i did like scream i didn't think it was as funny as it could have been um and just uh and just also a movie that's satirical about who it's marketed to yeah, yeah. a lot of studios are very scared to make movies like that right now yeah, I would agree. so it was really refreshing to go see one of those um the whole cast is great like pete davidson plays the kind of jackass you expect him to play yep this is um,
0: typecast at this point
2: yeah no and also wh- how does this guy get girls he looks like uh <laughs> looks like steve he looks like steve fucked beetlejuice because
0: he's f- <laughs> it's because he's funny that's literally the reason and also we're not, we're, we're not the three dudes to talk about i don't know like, he tells
1: jokes i don't laugh and- in my, like, just based on what I've I've learned, women have very different taste in men than men do. Yep. <laughs> um, the, uh,
2: um, who else is Vera? A girl from Borat too.
0: Yep, Maria ba- um, Clova, see- I think is her name.
2: I was happy to see her, or most everybody else. I wasn't. I was not familiar with. Yeah, they're with all the no- exception nobodies. of Lee. Lead- Oh no, with the exception Lee. of Lee Pace. Yeah, Lee Pace. Is when we, in the movie? Yeah, when I yeah. it, I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, oh shit, Lee Pace is in this.
0: And he's he's great. honestly just kind of there, <laughs> but he's um, really funny. I don't know. It's just funny to see one. Lee Pace play against all these very young people, and he's like mm. in his he's like forties or in his forties, and he's just he's the old guy at the party. That's his character.
2: I think the best thing I'll say about this movie is how it ends. Mm -hmm. It has one of the most perfect endings I have seen in a while. Uh, To a point where I just wanted to say thank you to whoever wrote this thing. Yeah,
0: I don't have much to add um, from what Liam had to say there. I pretty much feel the same way. Uh, I really appreciated how it's... It's a slasher movie, but it's not a traditional slasher. It's a slasher movie because of the body count and because it's... uh, the way that things unfold, but it's very satiric it's not satirical of horror films. It's it's just happens to be a horror film that's also a, like Liam was saying, a satire of the people that would go see these movies, right? Um, which is like mentioned before, is very bold. That's <laughs> a very bold move to pull the rug underneath um, these people and be like, no, you're fucking idiots. You're all really, really (laughs) dumb and young and full of cum. Like, shut up. Um, But I do, I think the only thing that I would criticize the movie for is the potential uh, perception of that, of what's really going on in the film. I think a lot of people will see it and maybe take the wrong things out of it and then apply those things to their lives like there's this scene where uh, pete davidson is explaining what gaslighting is and how it's overused in popular culture um and has kind of lost its definition now
2: and is, people use it without actually understanding what it is or just like they hear it's like oh that's that makes me sound smart
0: yeah and it's mm-hmm. it you know it, it's kind of been used now to be like you're being mean to me Therefore, you're abusive and you're gaslighting me, and it's like that's not what's yeah. happening. You're, like, you're not listening to me. The thing or, or is, someone just,
1: or someone lies and they're like, "You're gaslighting."
0: Exactly. They just, they just lied. But the the thing about the scene is that Pete Davidson is ga- is. is gaslighting in the scene, <laughs> which is it's 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 funny, funny, but it shouldn't. Obviously, gaslighting is not funny, but the the way that it's being um portrayed is is very humorous um because it's it's a satire on that that concept of overusing it overusing it while using it you
2: know and this (laughs) is the problem we see with satire a lot people taking a lot of the wrong mess of the wrong messages or you know just sometimes satire is a problem of underestimating how fucking stupid a lot of people are yeah
0: I liked it. Yep. I, I, I enjoyed it as well. I thought it, uh, um, it was very fun.
2: Um, Before we move on, just because I don't, I'm just going to say quick two-sentence things about uh one or two other movies, just because um, I know I'm not going to get to talk to them, because I don't know when we're going to, when the next quickie catch-up is going to be. You get, you have one more
0: at great length uh, when we come back to you, and then we can yeah. do our quick ones if you want. So if we move on cool. to Lucas real quick, and then you can have Yeah, your one, that works. Yeah, your one big right, one. Okay,
1: cool. Alright, uh, so since since we're currently apparently in the age of fantasy TV, I'll just keep the ball rolling. Yep. Uh, I have watched the first three episodes of The Rings of Power, oh, which yes. is the Lord of the Rings prequel series. Uh, first thing I will say is, aesthetically, it is gorgeous. It is some of the best looking TV I have ever seen. Like, it is beautiful. The way it's shot, like the costume design... Uh, the, the cinematography, the, uh, the effects. It's all, like, gorgeous. It's beautiful. Uh, this, the story and characters are meh. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I was afraid it, of. Yeah, um, they're making Galadriel, like, unlikable at, at the moment, which sucks, because, like, Galadriel, she, she has a small role in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but she has such a memorable role, um, oh.
2: Does she have a problem with that all movies seem to have with writing female characters where they just make her a girl
1: boss? yes, basically yes uh but like the the worst part is like so they're they're doing this the, the stereotypical like um oh the 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 secret evil that everybody thinks is gone is actually still around, and I am the only one who knows about it, uh and that is the only one who knows about it, um and she's like constantly pushing trying to get people to go look for the evil except like she's being extraordinarily unreasonable. Hmm. Uh like like she is like apparently no one has seen an orc in decades and she's leading teams of elves uh into like a fr- like a frozen wasteland where where like it's so cold that elves die of cold. And she's like leading them uh through this like frozen desolate tundra uh when like based like on almost no like no evidence like she like she is being a terrible leader and but like she's framed so by the show as right
2: so she's pulling a Dick Cheney kind of yeah <laughs> if we believe her a, what is what did he say it's like was it if we believe there's a 1% chance we need to take it as an absolute certainty yeah yeah, yeah exactly Wait, no sorry <laughs> that was Batman. oh Wait, yeah
1: yeah no, we'll <laughs> Well, I, either way, yes, Galadriel is the Dick Cheney of Rings of Power, uh, except except she's right, uh, which is annoying. But like, uh, all the other characters are fine. Um, it's it's not particularly compelling yet. It's mostly just sort of eye candy. Uh, the 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 orcs look amazing. Uh, they they haven't been in too many scenes yet. But like, have, I don't know. Have you guys played like Shadow of Mordor or Shadow no, of War? No, no, I haven't I played. I, I really good, I've Played a single Lord of the Rings game. Shadow Shadow of War is really good, or Shadow of Mordor is really good. Shadow of War is partially really good, partially really bad. Just okay. That's the it. second one, sorry. But yeah, Shadow yeah. Of War is the second one. It, it it improved on a lot of the things from the first one, but also added a bunch of dumb bullshit. But anyway, uh, they take kind of the look of the orcs from those games, but like they make it practical effects. Like they have actual costumes and like prosthetics and makeup and stuff, and they look amazing. They're so cool. Uh, but just, I'm not, I'm not attached to anything in the show yet. Mm-hmm. I like looking at it, and I like being in Middle Earth because I love Lord of the, Lord of the Rings movies so much. But like, eh. it's weekly, <laughs> right? Weekly, yeah, yeah. There's episode, three episodes. episode four is coming up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah three. There's three so far, and it's a, it's a really weird idea for a series because they bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. They did. They do not have the rights to the Silmarillion or the hobbit or any of the other tolkien works. So what they're doing is they didn't want to make a lord of the rings TV series because the movie they're never going to live up to the movies. What they're doing is they're writing a story based on the lord of the rings appendices, which is oh. like the the last like handful of pages in the book that just tells you galadriel is this and she did this once and Celebrimbor is this and he did this once and like <laughs> They're writing a whole story on the, uh, on, on just like basically an ency- a little encyclopedia entry at the end of each book.
2: Like, <laughs> I'd much rather just see an uh, adaptation of a Samarillion. Yeah, they,
1: they couldn't get the rights to the Samarillion. Uh, yeah. They, I, from what it sounds like, they wanted to do that, but they couldn't get the rights. Uh, and because they spent like a billion dollars or whatever on the series already. So, <laughs> uh, but. I'm I'm gonna keep watching it because I'm hoping it it gets better. If by the end of season one it's still boring, I'm probably gonna drop it. Fair but uh, I'll probably watch season one because it, again, it is gorgeous. Like it is some of the it, it's it looks better than like most movies. I'm
2: shocked like, to hear that because the trailers. When I saw the trailers, I thought it looked very cheap. Me too. Yeah,
1: because because they were unfinished. They're straight up not done. <laughs> Fair enough. Like they're 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 like they were still like like hundreds of hours left of work to do on those VFX. They look so much better in the in the series. Uh but yeah, you know, that's kind of all I have to say about The Rings of Power. It's gorgeous but not very engaging. <laughs> that's unfortunate. I don't think I'm yeah. going
0: to I don't think I'm going to watch it um yeah, mostly because to. I like <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. I don't thanks. I won't. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see. I will talk about a movie that I know Liam and I have both seen. Um, Lucas, you probably feel so othered right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like
1: books and fantasy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I watched Prey, um, which is? I, is, mm. yeah, the the Hulu original. i heard it's really good. Um, it's a Predator prequel um, slash reboot slash reimagining uh, slash a bunch. Prequel. Of- yeah, well, I got that too. That was yeah, weird. I know. That was
2: weird. Just, just a prequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or we'll um, just leave it at that.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. I think the concept of simplifying a Predator movie down to the most bare bones material, it was the perfect idea. Just it comes to Earth. It starts killing things. Now we got to kill it. That's all you need. That's it. <laughs> and then the backdrop of it being, uh, you know, in um, like... Frontier. F- the frontier, you know, fur trappers and um, indigenous people and all that stuff uh, being the main characters of the film. Brilliant. Because what you're doing is you're you're, ma- you're taking Predator, which, you know, they're big macho dudes with big guns and stuff. Um, and you know what? Fuck anybody who says, like, the, the, the gender-bent shit ruined predator. Fuck you. <laughs>
2: like the Naru was sweet. I, I actually liked her a lot.
0: Yeah, and honest, and also, why would you not want to see that, right? Why would you not want to see a, a, a person of a different gender, um, trying to hunt this thing? That's- that's infinitely more impressive than these macho fucking dudes with guns. I think it's so much cooler to have this- oh. This character like who's also, been so misunderstood and mistreated her entire mm-hmm. life wants to also be a like, hunter.
1: Yeah, like like in history as well. Like, uh, smaller people do better in combat, or yeah. at least in like modern warfare. Like smaller people do better. It's it, that that is just a fact. Yeah. Like the 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 person who uh, the he uh, Ha. I don't know how to pronounce his last name uh has 700 something confirmed kills and the yep. reason he he was able to kill some people is he was like 5'4 and he could hide really well like <laughs> um, and also like the best marines are like guys who are not taller than 5'5 like it, like this is how modern warfare works yeah especially if you need to run and hide and stuff like that if you're a big huge hulking dude you're a big target and you're gonna make a lot of more noise and you're gonna get killed more easy
2: yeah like Eve. The only criticism about the casting that I've heard that I kind of agree with or understand is just the fact that I wish the supporting cast was a little more memorable. I yeah. liked her brother, but that was about it. Yeah, and I think it's just a shame because even at her worst, the Predator movies were always known for having a really likable uh, supporting cast, or a really memorable one at least. Like in uh, Predator 2, uh, you've got Gary Busey and whatnot. And, um... Predators. You've got like Walton Goggins and uh, uh what is it? And just like a bunch of other character actors like Danny Trejo, um, even, he'll, even the, the the Predator. That's one of Boy the things Helmer. they understood there. Yeah. Like where they had like uh was it Keegan Michael Key, Thomas Jane, uh the- Theon Greyjoy? I don't know.
0: Yeah, um I do think uh, like as much as I do agree with that criticism of wanting to have a better supporting cast, I don't see where they would fit in in the narrative because the movie's not really about them at all it's about um naru is that her name
2: i'm yeah, um, I, I not i don't want like whole scenes or things dedicated to him i just wish that uh, other tribes people you see had a little bit more personality yeah
0: i, I do, but again in my defense of that it's not about them it's about her experience and her wanting to become the like the hunter uh, become a hunter Um, and i do think amber mid thunder is her performance is just exceptional uh her name is
1: amber mid thunder yeah yeah that's the coolest fucking name i've ever heard yeah it's cool
2: (laughs) i had never seen her in anything before this but i liked her a lot she's not really this is like the big one um that really thrust her
0: into the public eye oh she was in hell or high water that's right um which Mm -hmm. i do like that movie that movie's really good she's Uh, in a few liam neeson movies as well
2: her Um, uh I also liked their predator quite a bit. Holy shit, was a dope. <laughs> he's a uh, he had a great design. He was a little bit more. I liked how he was more primitive, again like, using like clearly advanced predator technology, but older technology. Yeah. He's still ahead of us, but he still has the gear. But he's still like using like shields, or like he's not using guns as much. In fact, a lot of times he's using his bare hands.
0: Mm-hmm. I wish he had actual bare hands. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's what I got to say about Prey. I don't know if Liam, you have anything else you want to add to it?
2: Uh, no. Overall, I just thought it was a very efficient, if we're going to keep making Predator movies like this, I'll be happy. It was also sweet to see how they shot Alberta, mm-hmm. as this was, thing was entirely shot around here. Yep. Um, though, due to being mostly being shot out on a reserve, there weren't, I wasn't really able to do the thing I love to do, which is pick out like places I've been. A little so too yeah, to on
0: the mountains. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like it's not like when I was watching the Revenant or um Interstellar where I had a lot of fun doing that this time, I couldn't do that. But yeah.
0: yeah. Liam, go yeah. ahead. And then so Liam, tell us a big one and then anything else you want to rapid fire off.
2: Alright, so last uh this one is a movie that I just saw on a whim because uh I want uh essentially I follow CSIF on uh Instagram.
0: Calgary Society uh, for Independent Filmmakers.
2: Yes, thank you, Christian. Um, and uh, they put a contest out for a movie called Barbarian. Or they say, like, just tell us a weird travel story you've had. And uh, if it's interesting enough, you win. And uh, so I entered and just... I Then on Monday, I got an email saying, like, yeah, guess what? You won tickets. Um, this nice. is a movie where I had seen the trailer for it. Just like uh, at... I don't remember what movie it was at. I just saw a trailer for it. Um probably bodies so, bodies, I, bodies to be fair Liam it might have been bad or nope I don't recall but might I don't know enough. I I entered because I saw the trailer I didn't know anything about it I thought it looked maybe a little interesting um so I wa- so I won two tickets I was like hey Chris you want to go see Barbarian um to preface what was really fun about this is so I don't mind looking at like uh just if when reviews are coming out for things or whatnot just seeing like okay if people like not reading reviews but seeing like just a headline or whatnot or like okay it seems like people are liking this uh this one i wasn't able to do that because there was a review embargo up um and we these were tickets to a press screening so i got we got to go in completely blind um general premise which the trailer shows is essentially a lady uh goes on a business trip goes to an airbnb um, to find that uh, another person is also occupying it. Um, just essentially being double booked. Uh, against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night regardless. And then she discovers that there was something going on in the basement of that Airbnb. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Because mm-hmm. the trailers and everything gave nothing whatsoever about this away about this movie. It's fucking insane. It's I awesome. love it. it's next. I oh, was it? I've decided next to um everything, everywhere, all at once. It's my favorite thing I've seen this year. I would. I would have to agree. It's fucking oh, it's, unbelievable. It's <laughs> the most insane horror. I oh, was. It? It's the same. It's. It's the kind of midnight horror movies we don't make anymore. Yeah. Um, like it's uh, I it's hard to talk about because I don't want to spoil a single thing about it. I guess uh, the general. Uh, there are three people in the cast to be aware of, who I'll just talk about first. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that episode of Black Mirror, uh, Hang the DJ. Mm-hmm. The main girl from that is there, is the lead, and she's great, okay. Georgina Campbell is her name. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, like I've only seen her on uh, Black Mirror. Uh she, uh, so she's the person who gets there. Um, the other person occupying the place is um, Bill Skarsgård, who uh, uh, what is it gives probably the most consistently good performance I've seen from him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree like, with
2: not do any just like. But I'm sick of like the whole like look at how creepy this guy is or like I've
1: been a the cloud.
2: I don't um, like. I don't like that you did that. <laughs> but that's what he is. I don't, I don't like it.
0: I didn't like hearing that.
2: <laughs> um, and uh, no, I'm um, in fact uh, when it's their scenes together, like the dialogue feels like. Very natural, like an actual human conversation. Yep. But also in a way where nothing really intense is happening, but something off is just always there in their dialogue. And then, uh, the, as a friend of ours said, a tour de for- force performance in that movie is Justin Long as a uh, guy who owns the Airbnb, who just a piece of garbage. He's
0: a fucking raging yeah. piece of shit. And yeah, he does like, it both- so well. He plays uh,
2: <laughs> such a contemptible person and does it amazingly. Yeah. Nice. There's, um, I, I
0: can't even say. I can't. I wanted to tell you about this really funny part, but I'm not even going to say it because you need to go see it on your own and experience the humor. That It's very funny. That's the thing is the movie has a lot of humor. And part of that is because it was made by this guy named Zach Krieger, who was part of a comedy troupe called The Whitest Kids You Know um who we mm-hmm. unfortunately lost one of the one of the guys from that last year um mm-hmm. in a very uh tragic accident which nobody it, no i don't think anybody actually knows how he died yet i thought it was a lawnmower but i could be wrong um mm-hmm. that could just be a joke that they say because they think that's fun anyway they're weird yeah. guys um but uh yeah so he, this is his first like full like i think this is a directorial debut
2: right yes yeah and he proves to be a mass there's one point where i almost shit myself i looked at christian i was like that's fucking terrifying yeah um, it's scary, like he directs... it's funny. Like, I don't think I've seen a movie that balances horror and comedy this well since it's up there with, like, Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Like, this perfect balance of horror and comedy. Nice. It's also really gross. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, when the horror <laughs> stuff kicks in, he so masterfully puts it together, like, the gross stuff, the, uh, really uneasy shit. Um, it's also a movie that keeps you guessing. You're never able to predict where it's going. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, But it, yeah, no. Um, I was so happy I won those tickets because again, like, it was just such a big surprise. I was like, "This was fucking awesome." Even like for half an hour, we just walked around after talking about that thing, and
0: and literally all we could say was, "That was fucking great." We can't say anything about it to anyone. (laughs) That's awesome. It's a
2: movie I will buy and I will invite people over just to show them it.
0: Yeah. All right, Liam. Rapid fire.
2: Um. All right. Just a couple of other things that. Um, I watched that. I'm not going to go into too much detail in. Um, I saw, um, I was it, Elvis? Um, which is a movie I was really looking forward to this year. I liked it a lot. Um, it's probably about mid-tier Baz Lerman for me. Surprisingly, I was a, a little laxed on his more, like, out there flamboyant style. Um, Austin Butler gives a, uh, incredible, like, Oscar-worthy performance as Elvis. Um... Well, uh, Tom Hanks could probably earn a Razzie. Oof!
1: Damn.
2: He's wearing this ridiculous fat suit and sounds like Goldmember. <laughs> no, he has a very bad uh, Dutch accent. Um, damn. And uh, with work, I saw Bullet Train, which uh, was fun. Little overwritten. Very uh, clearly inspired by um, was a Tarantino and Guy Ritchie movies it's still a lot of fun. The action's very Jackie Chan, very like uh there's some quick cuts, but like uh, was it it's a David Litch movie, so the fight choreography is top-notch. Uh the entire cast is great. Like Brad Pitt always brings a likable presence. Um Aaron Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry steal the film. Um and um uh let's see, what was the last one on here? Yeah, and I watched, uh, against my better judgment, I decided to watch the Obi-Wan series. You've watched uh, it? You finished it? I've seen all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, only thing really worth it for me was the last episode, and even then it had a bunch of a bullshit I'm sick of. I'm sick of Disney overusing the volume technology and not using it properly. It was nice to see Ewan McGregor back, and, uh, because he was clearly into it, and, uh, it was also sweet to see Hayden Christensen actually get to act as Vader and give up do a pretty good job with his performance. Nice. But it has all the problems we Star Wars shows have. It's a story that should have been a movie, stretched out longer than it needed to be. Um, it's cheap looking. it uh, I don't give any shit about the Inquisitors, but we keep forcing them into things. Um, and it's another one of those. It was a disillusioned old gruff guy walks around with a small child and learns how to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, isn't
1: that great? And, and also, little... it's just a story that didn't need to be told. Like, I don't give a shit what Obi-Wan was doing on Tatooine. <laughs> and little Leia is way too plucky. Mm. So this kid cannot run for shit. <laughs> There's a point where she gets abducted and a, a seat is ridiculous. I, I, I didn't watch it because I, I didn't want to waste my time. But like, I also, uh, I, did, I did look up some of the more popular scenes from it. And that final fight is really badly choreographed, in my mm. opinion. Like it was just it I don't know, it's something like Obi Wan just started beating Vader in the chest with like the back end of his lightsaber, and I'm like, Vader doesn't have a lightsaber. Do this and you win. He's dead. You just gotta do this, and he's dead. He but he doesn't do it. Yeah, it and then he just those, fucking walks away after he beats Vader. Like what yeah. the fuck?
2: I mean, I did like the way that scene was acted between the two of them, but the fight choreography oh, yeah. and blocking was a mess. hmm Oh, that I is mean not like the path
0: uh, of a true Jedi though, Lucas.
2: Oh, as I've said a there million are no times. more Jedi, fuck that.
1: <laughs> fair. The I've Jedi said, were wrong.
2: As I've said a million times these days, I question how much I actually like Star Wars anymore, as mm. Disney and crew and everybody involved are giving me nothing I want to see from it, and just recycling the same horse shit over and over. I'm good, thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Alright,
1: Lucas, and one more and it. then Rapid Fire. Alright, uh, I don't know how, how much I have for the Rapid Fire, but uh, the last one I will talk about I won't talk about it too long because this is something I have talked about for a long time. Uh but uh it's something I've been wanting to do since uh twenty fifteen. Oh yes. Uh yes. Uh, I finally uh got to go see Hamilton live. Oh uh, that's it not was... where I, that's not where I thought oh. I it go. <laughs> I, <thought laughs> you, you where... I thought you were plugging. I thought you were gonna plug. Oh no. <laughs> 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 no, uh since since twenty fifteen, uh I have I have I fell back in twenty fifteen I fell in love with the Hamilton uh Broadway cast recording. And obviously, it was happening in New York, so there was no way I was going to be able to go out and see it. And by the time, like, I had money to, to do it, it was no longer in New York, and it was on tour. Uh, and then uh, I, I watched, obviously, the Disney Plus uh, cast recording of it, um, and that was great, but there is nothing like live theater, in my opinion. It Like, it is a completely different energy, and, like, you're you're seeing people, like, literally up on the stage sing and dance for you, which is, like, something that's kind of... Obviously, we see it on the screen a lot nowadays, but, like, to have it, like, right in front of you... And I was in the front row. I was literally oh, in, like, oh, we the lost, front row. We lost I'm, here. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, uh, Christian had a similar... I, I don't know where you were... Where you ended up ended up seating. Yeah, I but, was, um, uh... I was, um...
0: Up on the mezzanine, so still the main floor. Mezzanine on the right, so I was
1: off on the side, but still good seats. Mm-hmm. I could I could have reached over and uh, and patted one of the people in the orchestra on the head. You That's how close I was. <laughs> there were security guards who told me not to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, basically, what happened? Hamilton has this lottery where you can enter the lottery, and then if you win, uh, you get like overflow overflow seats for like ten bucks. Uh, and me and Christian both entered, and we won on different nights. Yeah, uh, we did not and... see it together, unfortunately. No, no, we 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 got different uh, different days. Uh, but like I, I've kind of fallen a little bit out of love with Hamilton in the past like couple of years, just because like I've I've known it for so long, and also just like the culture of the world that it's in has changed and kind of changes how you view the show. And we've also Um, kind of
2: overused uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda in recent years. Sure. I I don't know what he's done in recent years. So (laughs) So much. But, yeah. I He's the only only person we hire to make music for movies and shows now. That's not
1: true. (laughs) That's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Continue. (laughs) Uh, But, like, so I was was looking forward to it. I'm like, this is going to be fun, but I I didn't know if it was going to be, like, uh, like it might have been if I went to see it in like 2015, 2016. Um, but like I sat down the light and I was sitting there, I was talking to like the people around me who also won the lottery and then the lights went down and you hear the bump, but a bump, 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 in the opening notes. And just immediately I was just filled with glee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe it. And I had, I, I had such a fantastic time. It was so cool. Uh, the the actor who played Hamilton was so much better than Lin Manuel. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree. I don't know his name. I might I I might have the uh, I don't see it immediately, so I'm not going to grab it. I have I have the 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 little booklet they the pamphlet they give it you at the beginning somewhere. But uh, I, I feel like he 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 wasn't he was missing a little bit of the energy that Lin Manuel Miranda brought to it. But like in terms of his uh, singing ability and rapping ability and like his performance overall I think was way stronger than limo, limo oh, yeah. ma- Miranda. Uh, props to Miranda for writing it and everything but he's 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 not a super great singer. No, not really. <laughs> there, there's a recording, there's a video of him trying to sing Get Santa to Me from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar which is a very, very difficult song to sing because it's like one really, really high note and he sounds like a broken trombone. It's really bad. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that poor bastard. Uh, But I I really liked uh, overall I really really liked the the touring uh, cast and like I have such an appreciation for musical theater performers because those people do not get enough credit for how athletic they have to be. Oh fuck yeah I know right. They are running around and singing and dancing and like being very very precise and not only this their their dances and their movements but where they have to be at what time. Uh, like during the show and Hamilton is a long show it's a three hour show uh, and like with, with like a 20 minute 15-20 minute 15, intermission 20, but yep. like uh, and like these people are like athletes like not only are they fucking nerds who love to sing and dance but they're more fit than like most people on earth the amount of chairs <laughs> they have to pick up and move around they, throughout that show so many just like picking them up and slowly turning around and <laughs> those things can't be light yeah no I mean, they build them for this... Actually, they're like functional chairs. They have to sit and stand on them all the time, too. So I was going to say they probably have, like, stage chairs that are lighter. But uh, probably not with that. I I don't know. uh, Do you remember the character, Hercules Mulligan? I need to know the song. uh, He was the tailor. Uh, Hercules Mulligan, up in at 11, I heard your brother say, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, Like, I loved that guy. I don't know what it was about him, but he was just, like, this big dude. (laughs) And <laughs> for, for me, it was the um the guy who played
0: um the French guy. What was his name?
1: Oh, uh, Lafayette.
0: Yeah, the guy who played he Lafayette. He played
1: Lafayette, and he played uh, Jefferson.
0: Yeah, and he did such a great job at just balancing was the too. And the, and they're two very different characters. Mm-hmm. And like whenever Lafayette is on, it's just like super flamboyant and boisterous. And then Thomas Jefferson is just kind of like fuck you all. <laughs> I love
1: I Je, I love Jefferson's opening number. Uh, it's the first song in the uh 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 second act uh what did i miss it's it's just it feels so out of place but like i think that's by design because jefferson is coming back from france right and like after the revolution and everything he's like hey guys what did i miss and everyone's like everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love the king personally i think oh yeah the (laughs) the king's bits are so funny (laughs) They're so good, and they feel kind uh, of out of place because he does—he never interacts with
1: any of the other characters, mm-hmm. um, except for what, except for uh, during um, Reynolds' pamphlet where he's where he's dancing around Hamilton throwing the pam- yeah, pamphlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then...
0: <laughs> but like, has no like dialogue. I say that very mm-hmm. loosely um But yeah. yeah, he was very funny. I had a very good time seeing it too, and I don't typically like musical theater, but it, it mm-hmm. made me want to go see a thing next week, which I'm very excited Ooh. about because I'm going to London next week and I'm Ooh. going to go see uh Back to the Future the musical. So. <laughs> of course you are. And, uh, why would you? That's why awesome. would you say of course? What? Because it's <laughs> Back to the Future. Of course. <laughs> what? Why would you say such a thing? <laughs>
1: um yeah anyway, uh, I'll, stop, I'll stop rambling about hamilton it's good i like uh, hamilton it, was, it, it was it was it was a fantastic experience i had so much fun i was hoping to see come from away but uh my paycheck didn't come in time so yeah bummer uh anyway uh i'm
0: pretty much good with my list i, I feel like you two are as well and uh for those of you listeners out there who like cool wars unfortunately cool wars is dead motherfuckers we don't know who the cool, <laughs> we don't know who the coolest was but you know who the coolest is The coolest character in the world. No. No, it's you, listener. It's you, watching. (laughs) It's you, listener. Yeah, it's you. You're the coolest character because you listen to this show. Um, But, yeah, anyway, this has been the Thundercast for this week. If you like what you heard be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias. You can go to uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube where you can find us at Thunder Lizard Collective. On Twitter, we're Thunder Lizard OG. Uh, listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, be sure to tell us friend and share us on those podcatchers. Be sure to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, whatever you do on any of those. And uh, we also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Thunder Lizard. And I'd like to thank our patrons, Kate, Tanya, Manos, and Owen. And uh, real quick, Send it over to Lucas.
1: Lucas, pitch your. Oh, sh- oh, shit. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Pl- plug your stuff. Do you want to d- learn how to be a dungeon master? Well, they'll subscribe to my YouTube channel, Castlecaster, please. That's right. We're gonna I, re- put- I released a new video on the day that we recorded today.
0: We're gonna go put that the link to <laughs> Lucas's YouTube channel down in the description below. But that's a good segue because I forgot one thing in my send off, and that is we do have another show, and that show is called Thunder and Dragons, and you can find mm-hmm. that on any of your favorite podcasters as well.
1: But I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> he has same name
0: too, Castlecaster yeah. on TikTok.
1: I broke 2,000 followers recently. Let's go.
0: That's like the Creator Fund. You're gonna get half a penny. No. <laughs> that that's ten. That's, you need ten thousand for the grid. Oh, either way, once yeah. you once you hit ten thousand, congrats on your half a cent. John um,
1: John John Green made, a, made a, I think he made a TikTok about it. He's like, I'm getting like about a million views a month, or some, or like maybe half a million to a million views a month. He's like, I made a dollar and nine cents. Yeah, it's it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Way to go TikTok. Anyway,
0: this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian.
1: My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam.
2: Liam. and then I see then a woman comes over and sits down next to me and starts talking me up and putting her hands on me and I'm like something's up Uh, that's when it clicked into my head that I was like something's going on here (laughs) and uh